All right, so we're gonna uh, we're gonna do communion. I'm gonna have you stand for communion in in a little bit, but I, I want to spend some time teaching on it because it's been uh, really a long time. I can't remember when I've really taught on communion. I I uh, typically do just a short. We kind of read the scripture and then we take communion together. And so um, uh, everybody, just kind of sit in with me. I want you to understand why we take communion. Why is it such a big deal? Why do we do it regularly? Uh, why do we not go through Easter and Christmas without taking communion and several other times throughout the year like today? Why do we do that? Turn to 1 Corinthians 11 and we'll read these scriptures together and then I'm going to unpack it a little bit and make sure that you understand exactly what we're doing today. You know, the Lord instituted uh, communion himself. That's a pretty big deal. You know, there's, there's of course... Uh, Jesus, we know, God through Jesus instituted uh, the church. The church is a, a, a institution that he, um, which again, this ties into what the season we're in, right? I mean, we're talking about church. God created the church and by, by sending Jesus, he made it better. He made the church better. You know, if you go and you read um, Hebrews chapter 9, uh, actually, let me just read to you. Actually, let's stay where you are in 1 Corinthians 11. But while I'm setting this up so that it makes sense. In Hebrews chapter 10, it says this. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. He being um, God. He who promised is faithful. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good work. So this whole thing is talking about us working together, us as believers. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. Everybody say, this is going to sound real cheesy, but say assemble. assemble. Y'all know that, that popular movie where they yell out assemble and then all the guys come together and, that, you know, uh, <laughs> listen, I, I know that's not a word we might use a lot, but as we talked about last week, in another place of scripture, it says we're fitly joined together. We're pieced together, just like you'd piece a puzzle together and you have a piece of your, you're a piece of the puzzle and your piece fits into the puzzle, just like my piece fits in the puzzle. And if I'm not plugged into the puzzle, the puzzle isn't completed. That we all have a part to, to play and it says every joint supplies. So I supply to the body and you supply to the body. And, and, and that's talking about, again, every facet of our life. Our gifts, our talents, our time, our money, our, our resources, everything we do. And so he's saying here, don't forsake assembling together. Then he says, as is the manner of some. This is Hebrews 10, uh, 23, 24, and 25. I know you're in 1 Corinthians 11 because that's where we're going to do communion. But I'm setting this up. So if you want to make a note and look at this later, I would actually encourage you to not just read Hebrews 10 this week. Read, read Hebrews 9. So Hebrews 10, where I'm reading, it says, assembling ourselves together. Don't forsake that. Don't stop doing that. Don't, don't just brush off assembling together. We need to assemble together. As is the manner of some, but exhort one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Everybody say, Jesus is coming back soon. All right, so if he's coming back soon, that's the day that's approaching. So much the more, the Bible says, as you see that day coming, how much more should we be assembling together? That's why I'm not, you know, a lot of churches is pretty popular now. They'll do one Wednesday a month or maybe no Wednesdays. They'll just do Sunday. I, if I could do, I mean, physically, 
I mean, and, and hopefully we'll get there where we can do services every night. All the, the Bible says all the more, all the more. I'm not saying I'll preach every one of them, but we, we should do that. We'll have when we get our building, the, the, the week we open, I've told the Lord I'll do it. It's my commitment to him. And I'm saying it to you guys. So you all hold me accountable unless there's some reason I I'm unaware of because it's in the future. My plan and my my decree has been the week we open, we're going to have prayer meetings every day, even if it's just me. So we'll have Sunday morning service, Wednesday night service, and we'll have prayer meetings every day. And then eventually we'll grow prayer leaders out of that. And 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 prayer leaders will take over the prayer groups. But if I have to do them all at the beginning, I'll do them all at the beginning. I'm serious about us assembling together because the Bible's serious about it. And if you look back at Hebrews 9, actually, you know what Hebrews is really about? Like the whole book. Jesus is better. Like if you could just synopsize the whole book, the whole book of Hebrews, what is it about? What is Hebrews trying to tell us? Well, he was talking to the Hebrews, to the Jewish believers. He's saying, hey, you've had this way of doing things. Like Hebrews is one of those books, if you read it, he does a lot of that. He, he'll go through and he'll, he'll say, you know, we used to do this, but now we do this. And so in chapter 9, so where are we at right now? Hebrews 10, it says we're going to assemble together. But in all of chapter 9, he talks all about how, how they used to assemble together. How they have to go, they'd have to have sacrifices, they'd have to, to, have to come a certain way, they'd have to do all these certain things, meet all these certain requirements, and then they never even got into the Holy of Holies. They never even got into where God's presence was. But because Jesus came, man, everybody just say with me, say, Jesus is better. See, he makes everything better. So he, he, he's telling us here in Hebrews, Jesus didn't, you know, do away with assembling together. He just flipped the script on it. He said, instead of doing it the way you used to do it, where you, you, you uh, had to, to meet all of these requirements and you had to have all these blood sacrifices and then you couldn't even get in the presence of God because you, were, you had no righteousness. That's really what it was all about. Because you had no righteousness. Now, because of Jesus, we are the righteousness of God in Christ. And because we are, we can assemble together. We can sharpen each other. We can help each other out. We can work together. We can fulfill the Great Commission together. We can work together to, 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 to help one another do what they're called to do. And when we do, we get into the presence of God without having to do what they did in the Old Testament. And so if you read Hebrews 9, that's what it's saying. It's saying you used to have to do all this stuff, but you don't have to anymore. Why? Because the blood of Jesus was shed so that we become the righteousness of God in Christ. It washes us clean and we can come into God's presence not having to to kill a lamb. Because the lamb who was slain was Jesus Christ. The perfect, spotless lamb that was slain for us. And so... When we deal with communion, it's blood represented, right? And then it's the body represented. That's why you have a cracker or a wafer and why you have juice, which represents the blood. Now that I've set all that up, let's look at 1 Corinthians 11. Ready? For I received, this is Paul, he's writing the Corinthian church, and he's explaining to them about communion. I received... From the Lord, that which I also delivered to you. That the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said. So this is 1 Corinthians 11, 23 through 26. 
When he had given thanks, he broke it. What did he break? He broke the bread. Why did he break the bread? Because his body was to be broken. Now, it hadn't been broken yet when he did this the first time. He was exemplifying to them, here's what you're going to do. You're going to remember that my body was broken. You're going to remember that my blood was shed. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Everybody say, I know I've had you repeat a lot already, but I'm trying to get everybody in with me today. Amen. Uh, everybody say this, say new covenant. new covenant. Okay, so new covenant, well, what does that mean? Again, if you go and you read Hebrews, in a lot of places in the New Testament, it explains, we used to have to do things this way, that was old covenant. That's why the books of the Bible are split the way they are. In reality, there really should be Old Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and then in Acts starts the new covenant. Or the end of the Gospels, really. After Jesus was, was resurrected from the dead. So, when he did that, new covenant. He said, this is the New Testament, or new covenant, in my blood. This do as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread, drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Now, I'm going to read some of my notes, okay? Every time we participate in this ordinance, we are calling to our remembrance what Christ's sacrificial death means. We are also proclaiming his death until he returns. So in other words, we don't stop doing this. It's like, it's like assembling together. We don't, we don't stop doing this because we feel like it or because there's some new age something or another. Some, some new, you know, uh, I understand things that we had to do during a pandemic for like a couple weeks or a short period of time. But, uh, you know, the reason that we live stream, let me tell you why we live stream. Why, I live, why we make an, an, an uh, endeavor to live stream every week. We make an endeavor to live stream every week so that those who absolutely cannot make it, like for uh, situations beyond their control or situations they haven't been able to change it, like in other words, they got saved, they have a job that worked on Sunday, and they haven't gotten a new job yet, to get off work, something like that, right? I also do it because uh, nowadays that's our front door. I could say hi right now to probably two or three families that are checking us out online right now before they ever walk in the door. They want to see what's the worship like, what's the congregation look like, is it multicultural? Is it, you know, that's why we put stuff out on our, on our live stream about our kids. We have an amazing children's ministry. So there are people that are watching online. That's why I live stream. Let me tell you why I don't live stream. So that you can roll out of your bed at 1040, throw on some pajama pants, and have church. That's why I don't live stream. Because that's not, we should be assembling together. Now, I know you're like, well, hey, bro, I'm here. I know, I'm not preaching to you. I'm not preaching to you. But I am explaining why, you know, it's a sacrifice to get up, put on clothes, get your kids ready. We, we do it every week. We do it every week. And you know what? We did it before, we were, before I was a pastor, before we started the church. We, we did it. Because we made a determination. It's, it's not a Sunday morning decision for us. It's a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday decision. 
We're going to church. We know we're going to church. Amen? And so we've made that decision and made that determination long before Sunday morning rolls around and we're like, ah, should we go? No. So in Hebrews 9, the sacrifices they used to make, we don't make those anymore. But we do have a sacrifice to make. We have to get up. We have to put on, we, our, 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 the Bible says to put on the sacrifice of praise. Sometimes you don't want to praise, but you say, God, I have to thank you today. I have to thank you today. You're, this, is what, this is what this is all about. This is not just a cute little ritual with a cute little cup. Oh, look, it's so sweet. Look at the little wafer. No, this is representative of what Jesus Christ did on the cross for us over 2,000 years ago. And because he did, I don't have to keep a flock of lamb in my backyard and sacrifice them every time I sin. I don't have to do that because he's better. And he made it better. He made the whole situation better. I get to come hang out with all of you and I don't have to wonder or judge whether you, did you sacrifice your two doves this week? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because I know as long as you accept that Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're righteous, I'm righteous. Hey, let's build God's kingdom together, baby. Let's do it. Let's go. What are we doing? Why are we judging everybody about all this other stuff that they're doing or not doing? I know, well, you were just judging us for getting, no, I was explaining you should be in church. I'm not, I don't hate anybody. Man, listen, if all you can do is get up in your pajamas and watch a live stream, praise God, it's available. But that's not the best. Does that make sense? So I'm not, I'm not hating on anybody for doing that. I'm saying it's not the best. You actually get more out of it when you put on some clothes, you come to the house of God, you lift your hands, and you, what does the Bible tell us? He inhabits the praise. Thank you. Good job. Man, look at this church today. Y'all, that sounded good. Y'all was, y'all was louder on that one than when I was talking about giving and have you repeating stuff. That's good. That's good. He inhabits the praises of his people. So when you come in and you praise God corporately, there's a, there's a corporate anointing on that, you could say. So, okay. Communion. What are we doing? We're remembering. It is also to be observed by every believer until the day when we share with him in, our, in his father's kingdom. How often do we have to do it? There's not a, it's kind of like fasting. There's not a certain description of how often it says to do it often. I hear some people say they do it every night. Praise God, that's awesome. I don't. But we do it often. Every time I fast, I do break my fast with communion. That's something I picked up from a man of God. I thought it was great. And, uh, and so we've, we've done that with our family. If, if we're, my wife and I are fasting or whatever, well, fasting and prayer, meaning we're taking a couple of days, we're not eating, we're, we're spending extra time praying, uh, reading the word, and uh, seeking God's face, we'll end it with communion. So there's, there's, we, we do it often, and then of course as a church we do it. Okay, look at verse 28 and 29 of 1 Corinthians 11. Let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. I'm going to read from my notes so I can stay on track. We must approach this ordinance with reverence, making sure we have confessed any sins to the Lord and allowed him to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 1 John 1, 9. 1 John 1, 9. What does it tell us? He's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us of all our unrighteousness. Okay? Every time, listen, if you got saved, let's say, Five weeks ago, you had a good run, man. I mean, you were on fire. You had a good run. Like I just talked about, 
You, you deteriorate. You missed church a couple times. Didn't read, you know, you kind of started, I was reading the Bible every day and then I wasn't. And then this last week has just been abysmal. You, you fell back into some of the stuff you did, whatever, right? And you kind of, you took a couple steps back. You ever hear that phrase, you know, you take three steps forward and then four steps back or whatever? Okay, you know what? Let me help you out. God doesn't actually care how many, what, he wants you to take steps. And so you don't have to get saved all over again every time you sin. All right? I don't want to get off on this, but the Bible is clear about willful, habitual commission of sin. All right? It's in Romans. So when you, when you are, are willfully, habitually committing sin, in other words, I've just thrown away, I'm not, I'm not even trying to live right, okay, then you need to recommit your life. That's a different ballgame. But if you're, if you're like, man, I, I blew it on Wednesday, you don't have to wait till Sunday to come to church, to come down to the altar, you don't have to. Right there on Wednesday, or whenever you realize it, you say, Heavenly Father, man, I'm, I'm sorry, I blew that. I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have thought that. I shouldn't have done that. Whatever it is. Lord, please forgive me. And right then, boom, forgiven. He's faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you. So today, before we do this, I'm going to give you a moment. We don't have to have a big altar call. All you have to do is say, Father, forgive me. And make sure there's nothing in between you. Why? Because we don't need to do this in an unworthy manner. We must also recognize the significance and importance of discerning the Lord's body. Paul felt so strongly about the need to discern the Lord's body that he told the Corinthian believers their neglect in this area was the reason many were weak and sick among them. That's in verse 30. That's pretty strong. That Paul actually said, that's, that's why some of you are weak and sick is because is because you haven't properly discerned the Lord's body. Discerning the Lord's body means, in part, that we are to discern the spiritual body of Christ. In other words, we are obligated to walk in love toward every believer, every member of the body of Christ, and to recognize the universal church. So that's part of what we're doing. Because when Jesus ascended to heaven, he established, I'm the head, you're my body now. So we're remembering his body that was broken that established this body. Do you see it? Many of you have probably not ever even really thought of that. You know, okay, I'm remembering his body was broken, his blood was shed, I got it. But you're, this is a big deal. Every time you take this, it's a big deal. All right, what else does it do? It means to understand Christ's body was broken for our physical health and our well-being. As Jesus broke bread and gave it to the disciples, he was, in fact, symbolizing his body that would be broken on Calvary for the removal of sickness and disease. Let's look at several verses that support this. Psalm 103, verses 2 and 3. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. I, I, know, I know I'm supposed to stay on track, but listen. Listen. It's hard for me not to talk about God's benefits and not smile and not get a, li got get a little excited inside. Forget not all of his benefits. What kind of benefits? See, I hate it when people say, oh, well, serving God is just, is just oh, it's just so hard. I, I, can't, I can't do all the things I used to do and I can't be the person I used to do. I had somebody tell me the other day and I chose not to get mad at them, but they told me it was somebody... I don't, I don't spend time with all the time. And they said, uh, uh, you know, 
it was me and my wife were talking to them, and I, and I cracked the joke, and they were like, hold on, I lost my mic. Praise God. There it is. Can y'all hear me now? Check, check. One, two. Hey, why does it keep falling off? Okay, there we go. And so, it's me and my wife, and I cracked a joke, and he was like, oh, you, you still joke? You still have joke? Like, like, I'm some stiff guy. I'm actually, I'm actually, I'm actually pretty funny. And uh, I like having a good time. Uh, but what, what he meant was, is because there had been other times where I would see this person, and they would crack, like, inappropriate jokes. And I wouldn't respond, wouldn't laugh, and kind of shut it down. Hey, around me, around my kids, that's not going to fly. And shut it down. Well, so, so then they got all stiff. They're like, well, I can't joke around them anymore. Well, that's not true. It's, it's that um, there's actual benefits to me being, and one of those benefits is joy. Is that I don't have to crack inappropriate jokes to be funny. I just have, I'm actually joyful pretty much all the time. I, 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 I enjoy life. Because this is the life God gave me. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I, I, you know, think, just think about it. I will rejoice. I choose to rejoice and be glad with it. As I take communion today, I'm talking about all of us here today. This is how we should be thinking. This is how we should be living. I'm choosing, despite what happened this week, Despite the bad thing that happened on Thursday or the dilemma that's going on since 2020 or since COVID even or whatever, whatever stuff's happening. Don't let it rob you of your joy. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice. I'm going to be glad in it. I'm going to smile. I'm going to praise God. I'm going to enjoy myself. I'm going to vibe with the music that Joshua's playing on the keys. And praise God, we can finally hear the kick in the snare on the drums. I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to have fun. I'm going to enjoy going to the house of the Lord. Why? Because this is the day the Lord has made. And what are we going to do? I'm not going to forget all his benefits. I'm not going to forget the fact that he has benefits to serving God. What are they? Look at the first one. Listen, now, if you, if you go and you read all of Psalm 103, man, there's a lot listed. A lot of benefits. I, I went through all of them recently. But the first one, he forgives all your iniquities. Then it says, he'll heal, he heals all your diseases. Isaiah 53, 4 and 5. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes... We were healed. What, how does it say it in the New King James? Are. The King James says were as in past tense. Either one works for me. Because it's not like I don't have to, to worry about how am I going to get healed or how am I going to... The Bible says that when Jesus died on the cross, healing was provided for me. We, we were healed then. At, at into your hands... I commit my spirit. Boom. Healing provided. We are healed. We were healed. Look at 1 Peter 2.24. Who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, 
might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. So healing is provided. Now look at this. Passover, in Exodus chapter 12. All right, Passover, if you know what it is, I'm going to explain it briefly. Um, In Exodus 12, it kind of records the institution of the Passover. In the Passover supper, the Israelites were to roast and eat um, uh, a certain lamb to give strength and health to their bodies in preparation for the journey of deliverance. Okay, so this is when uh, Moses has come. He's going to deliver the people, God's people. And before they do, they have the Passover supper. It was a certain thing they were supposed the certain way they were supposed to do all this. Why? Because it was going to provide their bodies, listen, health in preparation for their journey of deliverance. Today, as we partake of the element of the bread, it symbolizes Christ's body broken for us. We can appropriate health and healing for our physical bodies to prepare us for life's journey. I'm going to say that again. I want you to receive what I'm saying and apply it to your lives. Today, so that was what they did thousands of years ago. They're about to flee, Israel, uh, flee Egypt. They're about to, to, to go on this arduous journey. And God says, take the lamp. Each of you prepare for your families. Have this Passover supper because you're going to need the strength. Well, what was it signifying? The whole thing, that whole situation in Egypt was a whole big symbol or, or uh, a type and shadow is what the Bible calls it, foreshadowing what Jesus would do. That Jesus would deliver us from our sin. He would deliver us from our shame. He would deliver us from our sickness. That all that that was in Egypt, that slavery, that bondage, that Jesus would deliver them. Now, before that, he said, you need to eat this because this... This certain type of meal will provide strength for you. So notice, as we partake of the element of the bread today, it symbolizes Christ's broken body. We can appropriate health and healing for our physical bodies to prepare us for life's journey. Holy Communion is also an ordinance of forgiveness. Everybody say forgiveness. So the element of the cup represents God's or Jesus' blood that was shed for us. In Matthew 26, 28, Jesus said, This is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. Under the New Covenant, the Christian is privileged. I like how that's worded. I stole this part from Pastor Steve. This part's his notes. I think actually most of this might be because... When I, when I was doing the media, what I would do back in the day when I, when I was in Florence and overseeing all of Pastor Steve's media, I'd get his notes for stuff and I'd store it for, I knew this day was coming when one day I would need to teach on all this. Listen to this, how this is worded. This is great. Under the new covenant, the Christian is privileged to experience not only the forgiveness of sins, but also the remission of sins, which is a total cleansing and total removal of sin with no more remembrance of it. Everybody should say amen. Aren't you glad? See, you and I are unable to, like, we're unable to forget. If your spouse does you wrong, you can forgive them, but it's hard to forget it. You start setting up boundaries and setting up, all the men laughing, y'all better be careful. Y'all better be careful. And I'm just joking. I'm just, I'm just joking. Everybody, I'm just joking. 
But seriously, though, right? You don't forget. But, but think about our God is so good. He's so good to us. He said, I, I will not only forgive you of your sins, but I will not remember. This is Isaiah 43, 25, 26, and Hebrews 8, 12. Jesus became the final sacrifice, the spotless lamb of God offered to take away the sin of the world. Hebrews 9, 24 through 28, and John 1, 9. John 1, 29, excuse me. His blood became the atoning sacrifice that once and for all settled the sin problem and redeemed mankind. Everybody say, I'm redeemed. Okay, so why does all this matter? What is it? John 6, 53, what is communion? Jesus said to them, most assuredly I say to you, unless, this is real important, because this is the part that I don't always quote, the part that I don't always get to. He said, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink His blood, you have no life in you. Now that really confused them at the time. Because he's standing there in flesh and blood. And although there wasn't like social media today and they didn't know about all these like weird, you know, occult stuff happening and all this, you know, they, they, didn't, they, they knew enough to know, okay, wait a second. Uh, uh, Andrew, did you hear that, bro? Uh, we're supposed to drink what? It was, it was strange. Because he's saying... He had just started to kind of let him know, and for, hey, I'm going to go to the cross. I'm going to die. And he's saying, unless you eat of the flesh of the Son of Man, and unless you drink his blood, you have, everybody see that? No life in you. You have no life in you. So notice this. In clear terms, Jesus shows us what the communion is in that scripture. You cannot have a good understanding of this put it to work, and not live an outstanding life. In other words, you'll live an outstanding life when you realize this is not some pretty little ordinance of the church that we do every once in a while. And all they always play nice music, and it's just a beautiful ceremony. It is. It is. But this is powerful. This is, this, there's life in this. There's life in this because this is not just, it's not just to remember. He's saying, do this in remembrance of me because when you do, you're eating of the flesh and drinking of the blood, which gives you life. The truth is, your depth of understanding of communion will determine the level of divine benefits you can draw from it. Your understanding of this ministry is very, uh, mystery, excuse me, is very crucial. So, all right. We already kind of went over this. What are the contents, flesh and blood? We've already kind of talked about that. I want to say one more thing. This is a medium, not a symbol. At the communion table, when you eat the bread, the flesh, and you drink the cup, the blood, you are not partaking just of a symbol, but of the actual representation, flesh and blood of Jesus Christ. Before it is blessed, it is ordinary bread and drink. Y'all notice if you've taken communion with me before, I always ask you, wait until I pray and we'll take it together. If you've ever wondered why, now you know. Before it is blessed, it is ordinary bread and drink, but it ceases to be so the moment it is sanctified. After it has been blessed, it then represents the actual blood and flesh of Jesus Christ himself indeed. This is truly a mystery. 
In John 6.53, again, we already read that, except you partake of a... It does not say, it does not say unless you take of a symbol of my flesh and blood. He says, unless you uh, eat the flesh and drink the blood, you have no life. So as long as you, as you see communion as just a symbol, it profits you nothing. You're just remembering. But we can remember... And, and, if we take this now, in 10 minutes from now, you can still remember what Jesus did. Does that make sense? It's, it's not just remembering. It's this is I'm partaking of the blood and body of Jesus Christ. A symbol defined by the Oxford Dictionary is an image, object, etc. that suggests or refers to something else. It's an emblem. It's a mark or a sign with a particular meaning. But a medium, on the other hand, so that's a symbol, but what is a medium? A medium, on the other hand, as defined by the same source, is a substance in which something is transferred or transmitted. It's a means by which something is expressed or communicated. Do you see the difference? In essence, as a symbol, the bread and drink taken at communion are representative of the body and blood of Jesus Christ. That's true, but that's not all it is. As a medium, the bread and drink taken at communion are the actual substances transmitting the very life of Jesus Christ himself to those who partake of it. That's pretty powerful, isn't it? That's a big difference. That makes a big difference in what we're about to do. You guys can start setting me up musically, please. This explains why Jesus emphatically said, except you eat, not a symbol, but the actual thing, you have no life in you. Having been sanctified, the bread and drink at the communion table are transformed into the actual body and blood of Jesus Christ. Yes, it's a mystery. The process of the communion, transmitting life into man's system, can be likened to the way mosquitoes bite a man and deposit malarial parasites into a system. In the same way, you, you are literally becoming infected with Jesus. You know what the Bible says? That greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. And that the very same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead dwells in us. Well, well how? This is one of the ways that he gave us. To, that power of Jesus Christ. That, that power that raised him. See, This is what's so great about this. He said, I want you to remember my blood was shed. I want you to remember my body was broken. Here's why. Because on the third day, I'm getting up from all of it. And and if if I can, I want you to put that same thing in you as often as you can because you're gonna need it in the life ahead. You're gonna need to be able to get up when the devil knocks you down and say, no, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I am not defeated. I will not be defeated. I cannot quit. I cannot be defeated and I will not quit. I'm going to keep going because the life of Jesus Christ dwells in me. And I know if he said that I will take of his life and that life will help me in the life I'm living, then then give me life. Let me have that life. That's what I, I, I don't know about you guys. I need it. I, I need it. I, 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 I need it. 
This is not just like, I, I don't, I don't want to just be like the baseline Christian. I don't want to just be, okay, I got saved. I'm going to heaven. Like that's just like the base. That's why church is so important. That's why church is awesome. Because the church collectively can do so much more than one individually. Amen. If you'll stand up and grab your communion packet. And for the slides, you guys can go back to 1 Corinthians 11. That's what I'm going to just read one more time before we take it. If you'll take out, again, please don't break it yet, but there are two layers to these packets. If, you, if you've never used them before, if you open the top layer, you can take out just the bread or the wafer. And again, I'll pray over it and we'll, we'll break it together in just a second and then we'll eat it together in just a second. Actually, before we do this, I told you I'd give you this moment. I want to make sure I do. Right now, if you have anything between you and your heavenly Father, I already quoted to you 1 John 1, 9, what does it say? That God is faithful and just to, cleanse, to forgive you and cleanse you of all, how much? All unrighteousness. Everybody bow your heads for just a second before we take communion. Heavenly Father, forgive us today. Any of us that have done anything, any wedge that was put in between us by sin, by disobedience to your word, to your spirit, Lord, I ask you to forgive us. Lord, cleanse us of that unrighteousness. Lord, before we partake of this, we want to discern your body properly. And Lord, we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen. If you'll hold up, first, uh, hold up the cracker, the wafer. 1 Corinthians eleven twenty three. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed, he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Heavenly Father, right now, we take this bread. Lord, that doesn't just represent your body. Lord, we thank you for it. We bless it in Jesus' name. And we receive it as your body, broken for us. The ultimate sacrifice paid for me. All my sin, all my shame, all my sickness, all my disease, everything you took on the cross for me in your body that was broken for me. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your son, Jesus, for this sacrifice that was shed for us, for every person that's listening to us right now. And Lord, I ask you to bless this in Jesus' name. We do this in remembrance of you. Amen. You may now break the bread and take it and eat. Hallelujah.
Hallelujah. Now, if you'll prepare the cup. Just tear the silver part. I started to tear the whole plastic. Don't do that. Just the silver part. Just the very top piece of it. anybody's having any trouble with yours just if you need another one we've got plenty just let an usher know and we'll get you another one in the same manner he also took the cup after supper saying this cup is the new covenant in my blood this do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes Heavenly Father, we proclaim your son's death until he comes again. We thank you for this symbol, but also medium of your son's blood, of Jesus' blood that was shed for the forgiveness and remission of my sins. Heavenly Father, I give you all the praise and all the glory for what what I get to walk in and live in today because of what your son did for me, for us, for them, for everybody that calls you Lord and Savior. The forgiveness and remission of our sins by this blood shed for me. It should have been me, it should have been us, but it was your son taking our place. Lord, I give you thanks for it. And I ask you to bless it as we take this cup in remembrance of your son Jesus. And it's in his name, in Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Take the cup. lift your hands and give them some praise with me. Lord, we thank you. Lord, we thank you. Can I have the praise team come up? I'm going to end on this. If we could do, I'm going to just do that last song again. And if you'll bring me that iPad, Brother Lewis, when you come, and I can, I can help adjust anything that I might need to. I'll just keep your hands raised for just a second. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord. We thank you so much for everything that we, everything that we have is because your son died for us. You said you've given us every spiritual blessing. Lord, we receive that today. And we give you praise for it. In Jesus' name. I want everybody just to continue to stay in an atmosphere of worship.